Welcome, everybody, to the Red Zone Report. Happy Father's Day. The show is brought to you by PLB Sports and Entertainment, the makers of Josh's Jacks, the makers of the Diggs 14 line of hot sauces, and the JA17 line of coffee. Everybody, enjoy the show. to you right here on the built-in buffalo youtube facebook and twitter welcome to the show and happy father's day to all the dear old dads out there like myself who are having uh you know their father's day uh you know today just got to relax and enjoy myself just here at home and now i get to bring you the show discussing a topic that has been a topic since the beginning of buffalo bill's mandatory minicamp now what am I talking about? We all know what I'm talking about. It's in the title of the show. What could be bothering Stefan Diggs? Why was there such an issue with Stefan Diggs? Why wasn't he there at the first day of minicamp? Why was he angry or upset? And so we're going to delve into that uh, here in the comments. We already have one from Nancy Nelson Sykes. Hello. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you for being here. Um, there's a lot of things that could have been bothering Stefan Diggs. And, you know, one thing that, you know, I saw from Stefan Diggs uh, is his tweets. And everybody saw his tweets and his Instagram and all that good stuff. And they were kind of cryptic. But, you know, I don't think that they were that big a deal. You know, people people blow that stuff out of proportion. Diggs has always been kind of a cryptic dude on social media. That's just his personality. He's been that way since forever. Uh, he's given me no indication that he does not want to be a part of the Buffalo Bills team. Just that he is not happy with everything that has transpired whether that be the end of last season, you know, that playoff game and, and, you know, the drop in targets that he received from Josh Allen, you know, the last what, six games of the season, seven games of the season, uh, whether that be the changes that occurred in the off season, whether that be anything, honestly, Stefan Diggs, you know, had some reasons to be angry and we're going to go over some of the reasons that it could be. And what I think the main reasons could be. Now, there's a few people he could have had an issue with, and we're going to talk about them. Now, the first one that it could have been is none other than our general manager, Brandon Bean. Brandon Bean, as we all know, 
is the GM of the Buffalo Bills. He's the guy who brings in talent. He's the guy who lets talent go. He's the one who gets to decide who makes the roster. He's, he's the final say, right? Him and Sean McDermott, they're in, as my man Dave would say, they're in lockstep. They are consistently themselves, um, how you say, the, the head honchos of this team. They make sure that the team is built and that the team is, you know, how do I say, uh, assigned within their levels of, of the team. So while Brandon Bean brings in the talent, McDermott decides who plays, who doesn't play, who sees the field, who doesn't see the field, what packages they'll be a part of, what downs they're going to play on, what the percentage of plays they're going to play is. Um, and, and that's really a big coaching thing, right? And so with that, Brandon Bean and, and, and Sean McDermott are in lockstep. Now, in my opinion, Brandon Bean is not likely a candidate that, that Stefan Diggs is going to be angry with. There are possibilities, but I don't think so. My man Chris from the 716 says, what's up? Go Bills. Go Bills, my, my friend. Um, Brandon Bean, uh, if he was, you know, a, a a figure in pop culture, he would be Tupac's mom and we would be singing Dear Mama because he made miracles on this Thanksgiving in the offseason, right? We didn't have any money. We had negative $20 million plus. And that man made miracles happen. You know, the offensive line last year was absolute garbage uh, at two positions. And it was solid at two positions. And it was really good at left tackle. Deion Dawkins had a pretty good year. It wasn't his best year, but it definitely wasn't his worst. He played pretty good football last year. Uh, Roger Saffold was a crime against humanity for this team, as was Spencer Brown. He really, you know, with that back injury, just was not there. And then Mitch Morse and Brian Bates played pretty solid football. They, they weren't great, nor were they bad. They were fairly average in their in their uh, their play. Both rated PFF wise in the 60s. Brandon Bean went out and made this offensive line better. He went and drafted Osiris Torrance in the second round, who is arguably the best guard in his past draft. Didn't allow a single sack all of his hot college career, including at the University of Florida, where they would play powerhouse teams that produce defensive stars such as Georgia. Alabama, LSU, and the list goes on of SEC teams, right? There are teams that just produce good talent all around, including the defensive line and linebacker. And so Brandon Bean went out and he got Osiris Torrance. He went out and he signed the big guy from Dallas. Um, skipping on his name right now. McGovern, Connor McGovern. He went and got him. Now, running-wise, not great, but he's definitely a good pass blocker which is what's going to help Diggs in this, right? Because it's going to help Josh, give more Josh more time. Diggs is going to be able to go out there, run his routes, and have more time to do so. They went and got another another guy, David Edwards. They signed Brandon Shell. They went out and improved this offensive line. So Brandon Bean did his best to give Josh more time for, for Diggs' routes to be able to open up and be useful in the offense. Also, Josh hurt his elbow last year, right? So with the injured elbow, most likely that was part of the cause of the drop-off in targets to Diggs from Josh Allen. Maybe Josh wasn't totally confident in his arm due to the uh, partially torn UCL. Understandable. However, we got another Go Bills in the comments from C. Rose. Welcome. Uh, however, with uh, with Brandon Bean going out there and assessing, uh, assessing and addressing the offensive line, the unit looks better. There's more competition and depth at every position on that line. 
tackle, guard, and center. And now the Bills can move forward from that spot. The draft comes, and they draft Dalton Kincaid, another target for Josh, who's going to be that big slot guy at times, potentially lining up at the end of the line. If you run a two tight end set with two guys on the line, you have Knox on the inside, and you have uh, Kincaid on the outside. Most likely that's going to be the case. And so he went and he got weapons for this offense. He went and picked up Trent Sherfield. He went and picked up Deontay Hardy. He went and picked up guys like uh, Shorter in the draft that are going to help with this offensive scheme. So Brandon Bean, likely not a target of aggression or anger unless he has an issue with Brandon Bean looking into DeAndre Hopkins or not getting DeAndre Hopkins. That could also be something that bothered Stefan Diggs. And that that's that's very well could be the case. He could be mad that they were even looking at him. Like, I'm, I'm not good enough or I'm not enough. He could also have been upset that, hey, man, this guy could help put us over the top, take some pressure off me, give me some more one-on-one looks. And we didn't go get him, but we went and got, you know, the big man on the defensive line, freaking uh, Leonard Floyd. But we didn't go and get me a, a, another partner. We didn't go and get some more help for this offense. He could be angry at Brandon Bean for these reasons. And while somewhat valid, I don't think Brandon Bean is going to be a target, you know, of Stefan Diggs' anger. I just think that he did way too much for the offense to really be upset with him. I think that Brandon Bean did his job to the best he could with the money he had and the opportunities to the players that he had on the table. He just he just did his best. And I can I, I respect the hell out of Brandon Bean for doing that because Brandon Bean, as a GM, just made miracles out of this roster. People say the Bills didn't get any better. Yes, they did. The offensive line got better. Just losing Roger Saffold. Again, I said this, I said this last week or the week before, addition by subtraction. Get him out of there, and that's already a better offensive line. With Ike Botker at, at guard, I think it's a better offensive line. With David Edwards playing that spot, that's a better offensive line to be. Ryan Bates playing this spot. Freaking Cyrus Torrance. Any You pick one of those guys that we picked up. Connor McGovern. Any one of those guys, to me, is better than Roger Saffold was last year. And it's kind of sad because he was supposed to be, you know, that older vet who's supposed to come in here and really shore things up. And it didn't work. It didn't work. So this year, Brandon Bean went after younger players who have played in the NFL. David Edwards played for the Rams, started, and won a Super Bowl with that team. So he's a Super Bowl caliber guard that they signed. Connor McGovern, excellent, you know, pass blocking. Rated a 75 by PFF standards in pass blocking. Brandon Bean most likely not a target of frustration for Steph Diggs. Now, why would he even be in the conversation? Because a lot of the a lot of the talks behind closed doors are going to include him. Brandon Bean's going to be one of the guys that is talked to behind closed doors. C. Rose says, Bills definitely got better. I'm happy that they are under the radar this season. I'm happy too. I'm glad to be under the radar. Uh, you know, some people are still talking about the Bills. Most of them not talking about the Bills in the positive way that they did, mostly because the Jets and Dolphins appear to have gotten better. We'll see uh, when the season comes. Is, is Rogers still got it? And is Tua going to be able to stay healthy? Um, they brought in Jalen Ramsey to the Dolphins. Uh, it's a good, ad- good addition, you know, a very good acquisition, especially in a Vic Fangio defense. But Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs burnt him bad last year. They burnt Xavier Howard bad last year. They have two corners. Neither one of them can really stick Stefan Diggs one-on-one. And so that could be a reason why Diggs got mad because they didn't go D-hop and get another guy who could burn another guy. 
you know, if that's and that's fine. I, I don't I, again. I don't think that's a source of contention for Stefan Diggs. I, I think that Stefan Diggs is gonna really step up this year. I think that he's gonna have a better understanding of the offense for Ken or Ken Dorsey, and I think that Stefan Diggs is gonna take his rightful place as number one wide receiver on this team. They didn't pay him for nothing. They paid him to be that guy. And I think that they're happy with having Steph Diggs and they want Steph Diggs to be happy to be here. And I think that in working out what they had to work out, whatever conversations that they had to have, I'm 99% sure that Brandon Bean was part of those conversations, you know, so he could give Stefan Diggs at least what he thought and what he was trying to do. I, again, Brandon Bean, not part of contention in my opinion. I'm going to say the same thing I said last year at this time. I believe we are one receiver short. Uh, we may be, but, you know, I think that they said that, sh- that uh, Trent Sherfield is looking good in camp. That's something I've heard. I haven't heard anything about Deontay Hardy, though. Uh, apparently, Gabe Davis is looking better in camp. Apparently, he's not doing the whole gator chomp catch that he was doing before. You know, he played with a hurt ankle last year. You go and you get a bunch of other guys. I think Khalil Shakir should take a, take a step forward. He was working with uh, Eric Moles this offseason. So I think that Brandon Bean feels like he addressed the position properly. I, I don't know if he did. We'll see in the season, just like we'll see with the Dolphins, with Jalen Ramsey and Vic Fangio, just like we'll see with the Jets and bringing in Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb. We'll see how that fares. It's funny how you know Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay talking about he wanted them to get more weapons, and then he brought some of the weapons that were there in Green Bay with him. But that's fine. you know. We'll, we'll see how that all goes. So can't wait for this season to begin. Awesome team. Go Bills. Go Bills. Agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Now, there's not Brandon Bean. Who's another figure on his team that could be a, a, a spot of contention for Stefan Diggs? Josh Allen. Josh Allen, you know, last year he hurt that UCL in the Jets game. Defensive end came around the corner as Josh was throwing, hit that arm, and partially tore his UCL. He was still slinging the rock the rest of the year, but it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs' targets. They dwindled. They dwindled as the season went on, and we had to sit here and watch the offense kind of struggle at times, maybe because Josh Allen wasn't confident enough in it, and maybe it was just hurting that bad. Uh, Stefan Diggs' target share, first what, the first 9 to 11 games, what, he had like 1,100 yards on, what was it, 70, 80 catches? And then the rest of the year, he only got to 1,400 yards. He had like nine touchdowns at that time. And he only got to 11, I think it was. Josh was hitting the underneath a lot more, which, you know, helped his efficiency. But he just wasn't the same deep thrower that he was before the injury. And that's that's a, a cause for concern in that season. And in the playoffs, it, it did show. You know, he, he just wasn't the same Josh. He wasn't able to get that ball over the top like he used to be. You know, there were plays where the receiver was burning a corner or a safety and he would loft the ball up to him and, you know, they would have to slow down a little bit for the ball. And, you know, that that's that's the thing. So uh, do I think Diggs is angry at Josh? I think to an extent, yeah. And do he, does he have reason to? Yeah, to an extent he does. Because if you're injured and you're a quarterback – you should lean on your number one wide receiver more. That's that, that shouldn't be the guy that gets less of a target share. He should get more of a target share. He should be someone you target more. Now, with teams trying to take him away more, very possible, very likely. But that's your guy. That's your brother. That's the guy that you say you love. You should be targeting Stefan Diggs. Go Bills Kim. Welcome to the show, Kim. Kim's always here, and so is Roy. 
Uh, injuries really hit hard last season. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. I think the injuries hit hard a lot because that offensive line was so bad, especially Roger Saffold. And then the injury that hurt Josh came from uh, Spencer Brown's side. You know, so that's that's a that's a thing that happened. You know, we had a weak right tackle play, and that's the side that hurt Josh. He was out there trying to get us the win, and he got hurt. Granted, we won all of our games that season after that, except for the the Vikings game. But still, so this year, Allen will have more time to throw, in my opinion. I think so, too. I think the offensive line, and I went over that a little earlier in the show. Welcome back, uh, BMF. See, and Nancy agrees with Roy, as do I. I think that, you know, I really hope injuries don't hit this team so hard this year. I don't think that they will. Uh, but, again, I'm happy with the moves Brandon B made. But Josh Allen staying clean, having a better pocket, being able to, you know, have a little more time to make decisions, I think is going to help in the long run, especially for this season. I don't see people like Conor McGovern getting beat like Roger Saffold did. He rated a 42 by PFF standards. And that's both with the run and pass. So he was a disaster. Now, uh, Conor McGovern's run pass, run blocking ability isn't great. It's not even good, really. Not by not in the scheme he was in with the Cowboys. Hopefully, the Bills scheme is a little more friendly to him in that regard. We'll see. But pass blocking is really what I'm concerned because this offense goes through Josh Allen. This offense runs through Josh Allen. It always has, and it probably always will so long as he's here and healthy. Again, Josh should have been targeting Diggs more after the injury, not less. Diggs should have seen more targets. Maybe that's what he's upset about, and if he is upset about that, that's understandable. Now, I saw a, a quote from James Jones saying that Diggs is the second most targeted guy since he's been in Buffalo, or at least the last two years. And, yeah, that's very true. Diggs is the second most targeted wide receiver in the NFL. But that 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 market share of targets went down. Shouldn't have gone down. It should have gone up. That's your dude. You hit Diggs. You give him the opportunity to go get the ball, right? You don't try and force it to him. I understand that. But there were times where Diggs was open and Josh just was taking the check down. Or Josh was, you know, looking elsewhere for people who were more wide open. You don't do that to Stefan Diggs. That boy is a beast, and he's going to go get that ball. Like in that Vikings game where he had that one-handed stab, bam, give me the ball. Josh Allen knows, and maybe to an extent forgot at times last year, that Stefan Diggs is that dude. He's reliable. He's him. He's him. And so you got to go out there, and you have to feed him. You have to feed him. He's got to be the guy. Chris 716 is, I can't wait to see Kincaid in action. I'm with you there. He's our first round pick. You're excited. I'm excited too. We all should be excited. And if he's as advertised, I, I like it. And a pro comparison for me, I've said it before, I believe, is um, his style of play, uh, what he did before football, and the way he you know conducts himself on the field. Antonio Gates is his comparison for me. That's his comparison for me. See, improvement in the run game would certainly help. Yes, it would. And I think the blocking will be better in the run game. Um, can't get any worse than Roger Saffold. So my man Robbie from Let's Talk 716 Sports, he says, hey, Izzy, it's Robbie. Go Bills. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, happy Father's Day to your father. I don't know if you have kids either. So if you do, happy Father's Day to you and everybody else in the comments. Happy Father's Day. Um, yeah. So Diggs could be mad at Allen. I don't necessarily see that being the case too much, but I definitely do see it, him being part of why Diggs was so upset. It's totally understandable, and 
I get it. I get it. And Josh even owned up to it. He said, you know, I have to, you know, take responsibility in, in part of this. This is partly me. And, you know, maybe we didn't communicate right. Maybe we weren't doing the right things in talks. Maybe we just weren't seeing the field the same. And we have to work on that. And that brings me to the next guy that this possibly could be. And that is Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Ken Dorsey, last year, his rookie season as a offensive coordinator, he's been a coach in the NFL for a while with the Panthers and a couple of teams. And he came to Buffalo as our QB coach. And Josh Allen gave him a, a huge endorsement, which could be another reason why they could be he could be mad at Josh for endorsing this guy who's never been an OC or play caller in his life. Granted, the offense was still top five in almost every category, other than uh, it was even top five in running. I mean, a lot of that because of Josh Allen. But Ken Dorsey, you know, a lot of his play calls were questionable. We were looking at him and saying, man, like, what is wrong with this guy? I'm able to predict his play calls. And something was wrong with that. We sh I shouldn't be able to do that. Not as a fan, not as a regular guy, just watching, like, oh, well, this is going to be a screen pass with, you know, uh, uh, Dawson Knox cutting straight up if the screen isn't there you hit Dawson we shouldn't we shouldn't be able to predict that so easily and you know a lot of us were we we're able to see the plays coming and that's kind of a it's kind of a red flag do I expect growth from Dorsey this season I do if not I don't expect Dorsey to be the offensive coordinator after this year I expect him to move on from him and bring in a more experienced guy uh, to be the OC I think that Ken Dorsey needs to scheme Stefan Diggs open more he needs to get Stefan Diggs involved in more motion plays. He needs to get Stefan Diggs more involved in not being stuck on a number one corner. I think that that's going to be a, a big key. Now, will that number one corner move with Diggs? Very possible. But some of these number one corners are strictly outside guys. So what do you do? You motion Diggs into the slot. You motion Diggs into the backfield. And you use him in multiple ways. Now, is this kind of a gadget thing that, you know, was be will be beneath Diggs? No. No, it's not. Because Diggs is a playmaker. He doesn't give a damn if he catches the ball at the backfield from the tight end spot. If, he, if he's lined up at the F, the Y, the X, he, he, Steph doesn't care. He wants to help this team win a Super Bowl. He's made that abundantly clear. When he got paid, he didn't get paid top wide receiver money in the NFL. He, he's one of the top paid guys for sure. But he didn't go out there and say, I got to be the number one paid receiver. He could have done that. And he didn't do that. He didn't do that. He took what he felt was fair and what the team could still work with. They ever worked with it. He even uh, restructured his deal, from what I remember, this offseason, so that way the Bills would have more time or more, more money. That's not the sign of a guy who's sitting here PO'd at the at the uh, GM or that he, seen, he sees this as hopeless. He probably just wanted to be heard. And could Ken Dorsey have been a problem that Stefan Diggs saw? Very well could be. He very well could be like he could have walked into the training camp or mini camp that day and been like, you know what? This playbook isn't that different from last year. What are we doing? Maybe this playbook isn't that different from last year. Maybe they're trying to, you know, get the other guys up to speed and then add more plays to it. Maybe. Maybe the first, you know, pages of the playbook were the same. And he was like, this, this isn't going to cut it. It didn't cut it last year. It's not going to cut it this year. That, that very well could be the case. And me and Dave Myers and a bunch of the Buffalo, built-in Buffalo crew, talked about that. There's a lot of reasons why Ken Dorsey could be a target of frustration for Stefan Diggs. And 
maybe it's more of a run balanced offense this year. Maybe he's looking to run the ball more because he's got better offensive linemen. I don't know. You know, at this point, with all these things, I'm speculating, as are most of the Bills Mafia. Roy Collins comes in and says, still on the fence with Dorsey, hoping he learned some things from last season. I agree. Look, he did a fine job for a rookie offensive coordinator, right? But we don't need a fine job. We need to win a Super Bowl. That's the goal. The goal isn't to have a rookie OC. We were top five in offense last year. No, we need consistency. We need consistency from this offense. We need this offense to run smooth. We need things to go like they did in freaking the Steelers game where the game was just so excellently called that all the Dorsey talk after that game shut down until we struggled to get on offense. After that Steelers game, we won, what, 38 to 10 or whatever it was? Nobody was calling for Dorsey's job. They were like, uh, maybe Dorsey found something. Or maybe the Steelers just suck. Maybe they suck. I don't know. I think they suck. They kind of picked up steam later in the year, you know, but after that game, everybody shut up about Dorsey until they're like, ah, here it goes again. We're back at this spot again. And the team is struggling to get Stefan Diggs the ball. And so Ken Dorsey could be a hot topic with Stefan Diggs. Very well could be. And in my opinion, he is one of the more likely candidates to be someone that Stefan Diggs was PO'd at, frustrated with, and really just not happy with what he was seeing presented to him this offseason. You know, Brandon Bean is, to me, the least likely. The least likely. Could he be mad at Bean? He could have been mad at all these guys. It could have been a conglomerate of things. Sometimes a guy can be just a little frustrated and be like, you know what, this isn't a big, that big a deal. But when you have a bunch of stuff, that it's a thing. It's a thing. Now, the most likely candidate, and I'm, I know this, this show's going kind of fast. It's Father's Day. I'm not trying to take too much of anybody's time. You know, people got kids and stuff to go see. Uh, the ladies in the comments, you know, you have your husbands that you're going to be around if you're married or, you know, your father that you're going to go spend time with, you know, your your brother who may have kids. Whoever you have that's a father around you, you may want to go spend time with them. So I'm not trying to take too much of your time today. But I do want to get these points out because it's important to know what could be frustrating a superstar player on a team who had a top five season last year on offense as an offense and himself top five, top 10 easily statistically. So, yeah. I mean, Roy Collins says Stefan Diggs has some CM Punk in him. I can see it. I can see it. I I, 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 could, I agree. Super talented guy. Great talking to the media. When it comes to talking to fans, he's excellent. Gives back to the community. Gives back to his business. And isn't afraid to tell management to kiss his backside. So I can see the CM Punk uh, reference. I can see the um, the way that correspondence that 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 uh comparison could be seen cm punk is is a very good professional wrestler i haven't watched wrestling in a while probably since cm punk was in wwe now he's in aew i haven't watched too much aew but i, I might start you know get back into wrestling eventually i've tried and yeah, but we'll see but yeah no that's, a, that's actually a pretty good comparison again not scared to t- tell management how he feels about him not scared to you know air his grievances not scared to be a little bit of a smart ass at times. I like it. I like it. Now, the last guy that Stefan Diggs, in my opinion, would have some frustration with, and it has to do with another guy. And uh, shout out to Bills News Consolidated. 
Matthew Manzella with his his show. Uh, he does some pre-recordings. Check him out on, on YouTube and Facebook, uh, Bill's News Consolidated. Good channel. He's a friend of mine on Facebook. And I, I do like uh, you know most of his content. I don't agree with him on everything. Just like I don't agree with our guys here built in Buffalo and everything. I don't agree with Dave, Peter, Lance, uh, Sauce God, uh, Luca, and Josh, uh, T. Well, T mostly I do agree with most of the time because T's usually asking me about stuff. So love her. She's great. They're all great. Akeem, you know, we have our debates in our chats. We have our, our debates in our chats. And you know, Cam, the, the, if I'm forgetting anybody part of the built-in Buffalo team, I apologize. I'm not trying to. I promise you I'm not trying to. But, oh, and congratulations to uh, Lance for his promotion to president of the uh, group. But I don't agree with everybody on this. Dorsey, maybe. Yeah, Dorsey, yeah, definitely Dorsey, maybe. That's my brother right there. Love you, Choppy. Happy Father's Day. But, yeah, it, Ken Dorsey could be a big source of contention. And, you know, there's one more guy who I think would need to, you know, shoulder some of this responsibility for the disgruntled nature that is Stefan Diggs. And this guy is a great, great piece of the Buffalo Bills community, Buffalo Bills team. And, you know, there we go. Debates between brothers. Yeah, I've even talked to my brother about football. We, we talked yesterday or, yeah, yesterday uh, while I was at work. Uh, I had a little bit of time. I stopped by, saw him. Uh, he was borrowing my son's Nintendo Switch, took him to parts. Uh, he needed to watch play it on his TV. And we talked Bills football. And he asked me, hey, what do you think about this Diggs thing? And I was like, I'm not sure, but I'm going to be talking about it tomorrow on my show. And so now he's tuning in. But, yeah, there's a lot that it could be. And I think it's a lot of stuff that, you know, got him so fresh to the point that he doesn't participate in the first day of minicamp. He does participate in the second day, but only in, one, in you know, one-on-one -on -one drills and, and individual stuff. He needed some space. He just needed to get away for a minute. And I think that's, you know, the case. I know, bro. I know. Give my little nephew a, a kiss for me. And, uh, and, and Maya, give her a hug for me, too. But the last guy that could be frustrating Stefan Diggs, whether it be because of his role, communication, not reigning in Dorsey, you know, a conglomerate of things. And I, I mentioned Bill's News Consolidated because I just watched one of his other videos, and I was thinking this already, but he kind of hit the nail on the head. He said, Sean McDermott. And the reason why he thinks that Sean McDermott could be a source of contention for Stefan Diggs going forward is the situation with wide receivers coach Chad Hall. Chad Hall was the wide receivers coach for the Bills for years. Since Beasley's been here, at least, right? Since Beasley got here, Chad Hall was the offensive coordinator or uh, the wide receivers coach. He was a very player-friendly coach. He went out there and he tried to bring in the best of what every wide receiver had and did it to, you know, the best of their abilities. He made sure that those guys were able to play within the offense and within themselves. They were not guys he, were, he was willing to try and change how they played, right? Chad Hall was a guy who wanted to go, the guys to just be themselves. You know, run this route however you feel comfortable running this route. You know, and, and Josh... He's going to know you. He's going to read you, and he's going to see how that is. Now, Chad Hall is no longer with the Buffalo Bills. Chad Hall is now a coach with the um, Jacksonville Jaguars now, right? So now that he's with the Jaguars as a coach and not the Bills, Stefan Diggs could be very, very upset 
that Stefan Diggs is, or that Chad Hall is no longer his wide receivers coach. These guys bought this man a truck for Christmas. They all pitched in. Diggs, Brown, Beasley, McKenzie, all of his guys, they love Chad Hall. Absolutely love this man. And now he's gone. Now Chad Hall is no longer part of the Bills coaching staff. They now have wide receiver coach Adam Henry. Adam Henry, in an interview, said, I'm not a player's coach. I'm a coach's coach. What that says to me is that Adam Henry is a by-the-book you know, guy who likes to have things his way. He likes to have things his way, from what I can tell, just by gathering from what his interview said. He has coached some outstanding wide receivers like Anquan Bolden. He has done some things with some outstanding players, and maybe Diggs is overreacting. Maybe Adam Henry is the right guy. Uh, if I'm correct, he also coached at the University of Indiana, and he coached Oda Beckham Jr. at one point in time. I believe that people thought that Oda Beckham Jr. was uh, coming to the Bills and that Adam Henry might have been the, the piece to lure him here. Didn't work out that way. He went to Baltimore. So there's that. See, uh, see when when's Akeem coming back? I know that he's going to be back with me for pre, for post-game shows uh, and pre-game shows, depending on what time the Bills play. Uh, Akeem will be doing the Sunday shows with me and the post-game shows with me. So uh, I know that's going to be the case at least. I know he's doing Billsology again soon. I'm not exactly positive when that starts, but they will be uh, letting us know, and we will be advertising on all of our shows the new lineup that pops up. Right? I'm still the Sunday guy. I'm hoping to always be the Sunday guy and, you know, the, the post-game guy. So the only post-games I won't be doing most of the time is the Thursday nights. If I have my work meetings on um, on Thursdays, I'll be doing the post-games on Thursday nights. Uh, but if my meetings are on Friday, then, you know, work calls, I got to I gotta take care of the family, and they'll have somebody else on there with Akeem. But, guys, Akeem's coming back, and so is Dave. Dave is coming back, too. Say, what up, B.I.B.? What up, Doug? Mr. Fer not Doug, freaking uh, Dwayne Ferries, D.F. Man, Roy Collins. I, I'm, I hope that my answer is uh, is enough for you. But, yeah, Sean McDermott. The signing of Coach Adam Henry could have been something that was frustrating to Diggs. Maybe also because maybe Diggs didn't have a say in who they signed as a wide receiver coach. Now, I know a lot of people don't believe that coaching hires should be something that's up to players. And I agree with that to an extent. To an extent, I'm with you. Players should not be saying, this guy should be my next head coach when, when a head coach gets fired. Like the – like the, uh, the Browns did with um, Kitchens when Baker Mayfield say, yeah, I want him to be my head coach. And then they hired him and he lasted one year. He lasted one year. And then they, he had to go. They hired Stefanski and Baker ended up losing his job and now he's out, right? That was a disaster. You listen to your quarterback for your new head coach, maybe offensive coordinator or have him stick around as your QB coach if you love him that much, but he shouldn't be picking your head coach, right? And he shouldn't be picking your offensive coordinator. Well, your wide receiver shouldn't. Maybe your quarterback should have some input in that. And Josh Allen did when he gave Ken Dorsey the rousing, you know, report and said, hey, he should be ROC. And that could be another reason why Diggs could be mad at Josh. Like, you said we should keep this guy as our ROC. And now look at this. That could be something that Diggs is thinking in the back of his mind. But 
losing the wide receiver coach and not asking your number one wide receiver who he thinks that they should bring in or guys that he may have worked with in the past that he thinks could be valuable input to the other guys. Because Diggs is out there teaching guys like uh, Wayne and Shorter in camp, in practice, in minicamp like this past week when he was there. He was teaching guys, giving them lessons on, you know, how to run routes in the offense, you know, what Josh likes, what Josh doesn't like. He was out there doing his part as a mentor and teacher, as a, as a player coach to an extent. Maybe he was upset that he did not have a say in that. And you know who gets to hire the coaching staff? The guy named right here, Sean McDermott. This guy right here gets to name his coaching staff. And so if Diggs was not a part of that conversation, I understand why he would be mad at Sean McDermott. Maybe they said this, said to him, hey, we're going to look for a new wide receivers coach. Maybe Diggs wasn't happy about that and said, hey, you know, I, just, I would like to be a part of that process. And he wasn't, maybe. Maybe this is kind of a Deshaun Watson situation with the whole coaching or, or GM situation. I don't know. I'm not in the room. Mitch Moore said it best. My key card only opens up so many doors and what those conversations are happening. I'm not privy to all that. I'm privy to what I know and what my relationship is with him and, and what could be happening there. Izzy, did you read the article from Colin Cowherd and his thoughts on McDermott on or see it on ESPN? So I saw a summary of it where he saw he thought that they should fire him or that if they don't succeed this year, he should be fired. And I do not take the words of Colin Cowherd that serious. There are times where he does something like a list or his power rankings where he does the top 10 teams and I'll look into it and I'll say, okay, that sounded smart. But then there's plenty of times where I'm like, this guy just sounds like Skip Bayless, you know, and I don't take Skip that serious either. They're talking heads on the internet who are, and on TV who are there to get ratings and neither one of those guys specializes in any one team or sport. They both talk about many teams in many sports, so they're kind of jacks of all trade when it comes to that. I sit here and I break down the bills specifically. I sit here and I break down the coaches and this team specifically in the NFL. Those talking heads on, online, the Nick Wrights, the Colin Cowherds, the um, you know Big Swagoo, Stephen A. I look at the guys who are specifically – NFL breakdown guys. Some of these guys are, are are very smart. Most of them are pretty smart, but a lot of them say some dumb stuff. Like Sam Acho this past week didn't like what he had to say either. But you know what? His right to say it. Say what you got to say. But doesn't mean it was something that came from intelligent thought and or breakdown, knowledge of the team, knowledge of the situation, paying close attention to everything that happens here. There's just a lot that goes on. And guys like me uh, and, and the rest of Built in Buffalo, guys, you know, like the Buffalo Fanatics guys, the uh, the, the Buffalo Rumblings guys, uh, the um, – there's another group who I like to watch, freaking uh, hashtag sports guys, uh, Dan Mitchell. Like we sit here and we just do Bill stuff. Even the small things we cover. Even the small things, and so when the talking heads get to talking, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't give a damn. Because last year they said we were going to win the Super Bowl and we we didn't, right? They they wrote off a bunch of teams, and some of those teams came through heavy, like the Jaguars. They 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 all thought the Jaguars were going to be you know garbage. Now the Jaguars weren't great, but they made the playoffs and won the division. Not saying a lot because their division was super trash, but they still did it. You know, they were talking up Brady and the Buccaneers, and they've gotten the playoffs with a losing record because they won a division. It just is what it is. It, it, 
you, ha- you can't take them too serious. So I don't. I'll see it. Nah, who cares? And then keep moving. But back to the topic at hand, Sean McDermott. The communication side of things could have been a big thing. Now, he's the head coach. And I know he's really mostly on the defensive side this year now because he's going to be calling the defense. Leslie Frazier's gone. You know, so now Sean McDermott's going to have his finger really on the pulse of the defense and not so much on the offense. And so as the head coach, he still has to communicate with the offensive side of the ball, guys. He still has to talk to those guys. He still has to make sure that they're good. And so maybe taking on this extended role as a defensive coordinator changed how he is interacting with the offense. And maybe Stefan Diggs does not appreciate that. That's very possible. And I think more than likely because Sean McDermott, this is his first stint as a head coach, not his first year, but this is his first head coaching job. Buffalo Bills. He's now been here six years, right? All five of Josh's and one prior. This is the seventh year he's going into. He's been in the playoffs all but one year. Five out of six years he's been in the playoffs. Won four playoff games. He's four and four in the playoffs, or four and five in the playoffs. Josh is four and four in the playoffs. That's better than most. That's better than most. Look at teams like the Bengals when they had Marvin Lewis as head coach. They went through the playoffs like 15 years. And they won zero playoff games. He had to go. Now, do I think Sean McDermott is on the hot seat? No. I think Ken Dorsey is on the hot seat. Um, I think that Sean McDermott is really going to start coaching up one of his defensive assistants to take over. And I think that's going to be Bobby Ravish Jr., the linebackers coach. Dude's a superstar. But he, he can't take his eye off the offense. He still has to be responsible for the entire team. That's the job of a head coach. And so that responsibility cannot be shirked. It cannot be swept under the rug. And so maybe that was part of it. Maybe he, he was slacking on that side of the ball. Diggs noticed, and maybe he didn't. And maybe this conversation between Stefan Diggs and Sean McDermott was necessary. There's a lot of things that happened. Alex Susan jumps in the comments, says, hello. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm seeing no Facebook comments. I did notice that before the show, it said something about our Facebook account having issues with this. Oh, there we go. Alex is a Facebook comment what am i saying oh my gosh fewer facebook comments than usual comment guys it's okay it's okay but stefan Diggs seeing a problem acting on it and being a player of stature high enough within the hierarchy of the team second best second best player on this offense easily second best player on this offense possibly second best player on this team the only other player i can see that would be above him other than Josh Allen, could be Von Miller, maybe. Maybe. Deion Dawkins, may, no, no. Deion Dawkins is in top five of his position in, in the NFL. Diggs is. Yeah, I'd say the second best player on his team, Stefan Diggs. When when your second best player and the number one weapon for your quarterback has an issue, it's best you sit down, listen to what he has to say, talk it through, and find out what solutions you can help bring to the table so that way he is satisfied with what's going on. Because if your number one weapon isn't happy, isn't satisfied, and it's valid, then it behooves you to listen. It behooves you to take it in, whatever criticism it might be. And in my humble opinion, Sean McDermott is not above criticism, and he is not above accepting criticism. He's not above taking whatever input a player or other coach gives him as as in what he could be doing wrong or right. He could be doing a lot right. He could be doing a lot wrong. He could be in the middle there somewhere. But I think he's an excellent coach. And look, if the Bills fire Sean McDermott, he's got a job like that. 
he's he's going to get a head coaching job immediately after losing this job, unless the Bills have losing seasons after this year, you know, or this year and then the next coming seasons, and they fire him because he had two or three bad seasons in a row. The very next season, he is either pulling a Doug Peterson and not coaching for a year and then getting a head coaching job, or he's being immediately signed to be a head coach somewhere. And th- that's, just, that's just the reality of it. He has been that good of a head coach, taking his team to the playoffs every year but one. And, yeah, it's it's a thing. Did the media blow the whole McD Diggs thing out of proportion? No. I don't think they did. It was a big deal, and it, and it should have been, you know, talked about as a big deal. I think that it was, it was a very big deal. Sean McDermott says he was concerned, and if you ask me, it's because he was most likely the person that Diggs had a problem with. Right? So if you're the problem that that person has – then you're going to say you're very concerned. Like if Diggs says, hey, coach, look, I don't like how you handled this offseason. I don't like that you hired this wire super coach. You didn't even talk to me. You didn't say nothing. Uh, you know, I, I was mad at Josh, too, because of last year and my target share went down. But, you know, I kind of understand why, you know, Davis was getting healthier, you know, and, and we wanted to spread the ball around. I, I get all that. But I'm still a little mad at Josh. But, like, this offseason, I wasn't consulted on anything for the offensive side of the ball anything and if that's the case it's not blown up a portion and if that's the case then coach mcdermott knows that he was the guy that Diggs was the most angry with which to me is the most likely and if that is the case then him saying i'm very concerned makes so much sense because he is the problem for him for Diggs. mcdermott may have used the wrong wording which added fuel to the fire he may have he may have but if he thinks that Diggs' problem is with him, if you think, I'm the head coach here, and my number one wide receiver's issue is with me, I'm very concerned. He may have he may have left that detail out where, look, I'm not, very, I'm not super concerned about Stefan Diggs standing with the team, but I'm very concerned with the problem he has. If he's the problem, then he should be very concerned with that because it's, it's now all on him to fix that problem. It's all Sean McDermott's job to make sure that he fixes it because it's him. It's him. And if it's you, you have to do some very introspective thinking. You have to do some very important self-correction, right? That's just part of the job of a head coach is you have to recognize when you're the one screwing up. And it may not even be that big a screw up, but the tiniest screw up can cost you a game can cost you a Super Bowl, can cost you a player, can cost you somebody who wants to be here but no longer does because you're the problem and you're the head coach. You know, and you may not be a problem in the long run or in the bigger scheme of things, but if you're a problem to that high end player on your team who needs a solution, then you are the guy whose job it is to find that freaking solution. See, I think McD handled it bad, yet it got blew up too much, too. I don't think it got blown too much, too. I just don't. I, I, I don't agree with that part. I think that he said what he said, and the media ran with it because they should. They should have ran with it. If someone says something like that, you got to run with it. I'm super concerned with Steph. In the end, I think he was really super concerned with himself. I think that the way that the offseason with the coaching staff and and the changes that did or didn't happen are honestly why Diggs had a problem. And because of that, 
it, it, it just had to be addressed. All right. Guys, that's my show. Uh, I appreciate you very much for being here. Uh, again, if there was an issue, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Bean was a part of the problem. I think he was a big part of what was potentially the solution. Uh, I think that the, brand, the the Sean McDermott situation is most likely the problem and why he was concerned. Uh, I think Ken Dorsey could also be part of the problem that Diggs had. Not the problem overall with the team, but still problem with the team. And that Josh Allen having to rein it in and understand who his number one guy is. Those three things right there, to me, are the ones that could have, you know, struck the nerve of Stefan Diggs. Guys, you have a wonderful rest of your day. You have a great Father's Day. Make sure you show your fathers, your grandfathers, your uncles, you know, all the men in your lives, you know, who have been a positive role model for you. I don't know, don't show, you know, if, if someone you don't feel deserves that, then, you know, don't. But, you know, all the guys who were fathers and just are a positive influence and give you, you know, something in your life, make sure you say thank you to them. Uh, for me, my Uncle Bobby, uh, that's my guy. He raised me, you know, when, when my father wasn't around and my dad was around. You know, happy father to my father, too. Um, he's had a hard life, but my Uncle Bobby is is that guy. Happy Father's Day to my brother, to my Uncle Peter, um, to all my uncles, you know, and all my friends who, you know, who are still here and who have passed on. May you guys have a wonderful rest of your day and go Bills. And one more comment before we go. Have a great night all. Happy Father's Day. See Rose. Happy Father's Day. Guys, God bless you. Have a great night. Happy Father's Day. And go Bills.